Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. Back at it after vacation doing something different with this episode recorded it in person with john and his father mark of john's crazy socks john is an entrepreneur with down syndrome his father helps him with the business we had a great conversation about their business how they got started and opened a lot of eyes towards a why why every company including my own should hire or consider hiring people with different abilities and we also talked about just some of the uh, regulations, laws, which are all pretty backwards, especially right now in the USA. Yeah, I'm talking, of course, of Texas and the anti-abortion laws that got passed there. But I hope you enjoy this conversation I had with John and Mark. We used some different tools, so the audio might not be the greatest. Apologize for that. You can check out the video as well, wherever you watch your videos. Welcome to Pit Stop, recording video for the first time. Joining me are my friends Mark and John Cronin of John's Crazy Socks. You see John, the founder there as well on the logo, which if you've sported some socks, you've probably come across their website. I mean, we're going to get into everything here, but just looking at at least 11 and a half million in, in revenue, almost 30,000 online reviews with a 4.9 overall score. You've shipped to 85 countries, over hundreds of thousands of, of packages. Your reach is in the, the millions, and you've also made a big impact as well, donating and raising over a half million dollars to various charity partners and contributing with the Special Olympics. You've created 31 jobs, 21 of which are held by people with differing abilities. And you've also created a, uh, a little bit of a destination because you've hosted over 200 school tours and over 200 work group sessions for people with differing abilities, which when you, if you're to say we're doing one a day, that's more than a year's worth. That's almost two working years of, of events. And in terms of advocacy and, and doors that have been opened, you, you've testified before Congress, you've spoken at the United Nations, you were you were meeting with the Kennedy Foundation and, and went sailing with the Kennedys last weekend, which is just boggles my mind. And all of this in less than, than five years, which is even more impressive. So Mark, John, welcome to Pit Stop. It's a, an absolute honor to, to be recording with you two today. Well, thanks. We're glad Thank to be you so here. Much. You, you make us sound really good. <laughs> well, that's that's you. It's easy when you you have as many accomplishments as, as you do. The the hard part is what what to leave out. What what don't what what doesn't make it to the to the intro. And I think that's really where we we begin is just the the mission of of John's Crazy Socks, spreading happiness and showing that people with different abilities can be a strength. And I think that we've seen very clearly through through your revenue and your success that it absolutely is a strength and, and does work. So I want to turn it over to you too. How does the power of social enterprise drive your business? 
Well, it is the foundation for everything. Um, you know, what's our mission? That's creating happiness. Right. And what we have created in the social enterprise is an organization where we have a social mission and a business mission, and they're indivisible. They feed off of each other. It's not like, well, if we make enough money at the end of the year, we write a check. Everything is baked in together. This becomes, I think, really important in business, and you can see it in a couple of practical ways. First, in the marketplace, you know, we've gone out, we've done our competitive research, we have counted. There are exactly one gazillion sock companies. <laughs> and counting, yeah. it's now probably like a gazillion and 15 since you did that research. If all we did was sell socks, we would be one of a gazillion. But in fact, the socks become the physical manifestation for the story we are telling. And the story is one about happiness, it's about hope, it's about recognizing what each of us can do, the beauty and the strength in each of us. So with, you know, with our customers, it becomes more than just a product. It becomes an experience. Right? If a customer, when they buy from us, they know they're going to get a great pair of socks. But they also know they are supporting us in hiring people with differing abilities. They're supporting our giving back program. And they're helping spread happiness. And what we hear from customers all the time, when in the morning I'm putting on your socks, they just make me feel happy. And so what it enables us to do is build a relationship with our customers build a community that can survive pandemics, can survive seasonality, um, and is not dependent on any one form of outreach. You know, it's not dependent on advertising. Um, and it also works with our colleagues. We've had a number of people join us. They had good jobs. But they're asking questions of, you know, what's it all about, Alfie? What am I doing here? Um, and when you have a social enterprise, you're able to give people a mission in which they can believe that bigger than themselves. You know, and that mission has to be more than we want to make money. Right? And don't get me wrong. We want to make money. John and I, we like to live indoors. you got to pay yeah. rent. Right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but... There's something larger than us that we can all commit to, right? And, and you make sure that everybody knows how their job matters and they commit to that mission. So having that social enterprise drives everything. It enables us to get the people on our team that make it go, and it enables us to have a a lasting connection with customers. In such a competitive market, what do you stand for? It's if you just created another saw company, and that's not even including the 
the house brands of Walmart or Target where people can go in and just buy buy a cheap pair of socks and you wear it four times and then the elastic's done. It it really does drive drive so much more long term value creation to use an, an economics term of both jobs, revenue, opportunity. And I think that's a really uh, nice segue into another point that we had, we had discussed in, in the green room was how necessity became an opportunity for you and really led to the, the creation of, of John's Crazy Socks. And I'd love to hear that story and also just how you're creating some opportunities for, for others with, with different abil- abilities. Well, origin stories matter. They give us our DNA. And yes, ours started out of necessity, right? In fact, it's the fall of 2016. And where were you, buddy? I, I, I'm in um, I, it's a, a Huntington High School. So it's going to be my, my last year. So John was entering his last year of school. And here's something your listeners may, may not know. In the United States, under federal policy, if you have a disability, you can stay in the public school system until you're 21. And when you're in school, everything is right in front of you. All the services you're going to get, all the support, it's right there, and the school organizes it for you. Uh, similar in Canada and other countries. But once you turn 21, well, they're saying to you, get out. We've had right. enough, right? And you're on your own. And in some states, New York, Massachusetts, Illinois, California, there are lots of services. But you got to figure it all out. you got to find something that's going to work for you. And in some states, Florida, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, there's nothing. So that's where John was. And what were you looking at? I looked at a job, program, and school. Um, I don't like to say that I don't like. He didn't see anything he liked. And, and that, unfortunately, is common for people with differing abilities, particularly in a job front. The unemployment rate among people with a disability is as high as 80%, right? But John here, he is a natural entrepreneur. You didn't see a job you wanted, so what'd you say? I I don't care what I want to make one. Right? He's going to just make a job. And what'd you tell me you wanted to do? I want to go go into bed with my dad. I father it's a business. He comes and says, Dad, let's go into business together. Right? Let's go create something. Pretty cool, huh? Yes. And John's the youngest of three sons, and and this is one I can work with. So that was good, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and be clear, right? You know, John, like a natural entrepreneur, has a lot of ideas, right? Yep. Right. <laughs> and they're not all good ideas. Well, what was your first idea for a business? A fun store. A fun store. He just kept walking around saying, we should open a fun store. And I'd say, what are we going to sell in the fun store? <laughs> What'd you say? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, no. You said, I don't know. We have a I fun know. store. What was your next idea, though? A food truck. I have an idea for the movie Chef. And John oh, Favreau. John Favreau. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We love John. that movie. Uh, and so... So I've got a lot of barbecues, and John Favreau posted on Reddit how he learned how to cook brisket from the Aaron Franklin videos. So that's how I got got really into it. Into it. So John Favreau, 
kind of gave us this divergent path into to how we both both got here. So if you ever want to open up a food truck, John, I'm I'm all in. I'll do the driving, you do the cooking. We'll be good to go. We'll be serving well, up burritos all day. That was part of it, right? We're trying to come up with what we're going to make, and it seemed like fun. But then we ran into a problem. We can't cook. Oh, <laughs> that's not very fun. So, but then, right before Thanksgiving, two thousand sixteen. John had his eureka moment. I want to start creating socks. Why socks is fun, is colorful, and creative. It always let me be me. John wore crazy socks his whole life. We used to drive around looking for him. So we figured if John loved these socks that much, surely other people would too and we could find our tribe. So that's where the idea came from. And we went the lean startup route. We didn't do that analysis. We didn't put together a big business plan. We just said, we'll get something up and running and see how people respond. So uh, you already had the name. I, I, I did. I have a, a name as well as a website. He had ideas for a website. We got some inventory. You know, we're bootstrapping. So you got to make do with what you have. The only marketing we did was to set up a Facebook page, and we made videos. And who was in those videos? I am. I talk about socks. Socks, socks, more socks. Um, and what day did we open? We opened on Friday, December 9th, 2016. We didn't know what to expect, um, but we got what seemed like a flood of orders. And most of them were local. We live on Long Island, outside New York City, in a town called Huntington. John was in Huntington High School. We had an office in Huntington Village. That's where we lived. So that makes sense that most of the initial orders were local. And how did we deliver those? Our home deliveries. Home deliveries. We got red boxes. We put the socks in the boxes and looked at it and said it needs something else. So what else did we put in? A second note and candy. John would write a thank you note and we filled them up with Hershey's Kisses. Loaded up the car. And we'd drive around and knock, and you'd knock on doors, right? I did. How did customers respond? Our customers loved it, and they uh, took, uh, I took a flyer and put it on social media, uh, work against it spread. Right? We had some customers ordering multiple times just to get John to come back to their house. There would wow. be families waiting to take a picture. And there would be funny times, too, like knocking on a door at 1030 at night. And people were looking out like, who the heck is at my door at 10.30 at night? <laughs> it's just John with, his, with your socks, right? Yeah. A late night so, sock delivery. So um, at the end of that month, really two weeks, we had shipped 450 orders and had about 13000 in revenue. So we said, we got something here. We could do this. You know, and we learned things, right? One. Why people want you to buy socks? Two people wanted to buy stock from me. They wanted to buy from John. They liked, they liked John selling socks. They liked that we had already pledged five percent of our earnings to the Special Olympics. They liked the personal touch of the notes, the candy, the home delivery, even if we were shipping it to them. And we got something else that surprised us. We got people responding and telling us that John gave them hope for a family member, for a younger child. And we learned something else. 
You know, you learn by doing. So we learned that this young man and an old man and this old man, we could mm -hmm. sell socks. Um, so that's that's how we got started, um, and we, you know, we've evolved, but we and, and grown. Um, but the essence was there, uh, mm -hmm. right from the beginning. We're going to spread happiness. We're going to do whatever we can to knock ourselves out. Between the first few late night orders at at ten thirty to eleven and a half million, what has been the biggest change during during that time? Because it's twenty sixteen just feels like like yesterday. So five years is can go go fast and slow. In the, when you're, it's both yesterday and forever ago. Yeah, um, it's yesterday when talking to somebody else. Forever ago when telling your own story. Right. And, you know, people ask us, you know, about challenges, and and we talk a lot with entrepreneurs. Getting started is is easy. It's growth that's challenging and hard. Um, so we've had ups and downs. We've been very fortunate. We now have a strategic partner who's given us some stability. Um, you know, we did not expect to grow as fast as we did. And we did not expect when we started that we would have the impact that we've had. Um, but we're so fortunate to get to do what we do and so grateful and it creates an obligation. If we have a platform and an opportunity, it creates an obligation for us to do, to do for others. I'll give you an anecdote, an example on this. So, I guess two years ago or so, we're down in Washington. We're on Capitol Hill. We're going to be speaking to the Small Business Committee. And we're sharing this on the House Small Business Committee. And we're sharing this on social media. And a customer calls up from Houston and speaks to one of our colleagues and says, are they really at the Capitol? And yes, they are. Well, my mother works there. And she's a big fan of John's. And she would really love it if she could meet John. So our colleagues says, fine, here's Mark's cell number. Just text them your mom's contact information. Well, who is mom? Nancy Pelosi. So now we get an audience with Nancy Pelosi, who, and, and, and I always share this with people. It's gotten really bad in our country. We, we view elected officials, politicians, not as people, but they're just representative of something we hate or something we love, and we forget that they're people. So regardless of where you are in the political spectrum, Nancy Pelosi is an Italian grandmother, right? That's, that's who she is. She comes in, she couldn't wait to meet John, and John had become sock buddies, if you will, with former President Bush, George H.W. Bush, and had John sent him socks, the president sent John socks. And right. wow. So she takes out pictures of socks that she had given the former president. And, and then she's sharing these stories and we're taking photos and all this is wonderful. But you see here, we're so grateful for that opportunity and that experience, but it creates an obligation. So now it's, 
This is wonderful, Ms. Pelosi, but we have to talk to you about repealing the sub-minimum wage that, that allows employers to pay people with a disability as little as five cents an hour. Right? So if we're going to get this audience with a power broker in Washington, we have to take advantage of that. We've been given these opportunities, uh, ones that we couldn't have imagined when we started, you know, to, to sit there before Congress with my son. Wow. It's so amazing. Um, but then it, it creates more opportunities and more obligations, mm -hmm. right? We've created, we've been very fortunate to create a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. But when I look out and I see you know, particularly the holiday time when we have extra people working. It's like Santa's workshop here. All I want to do is create more jobs. Yeah. So you have to be driven to do that. You, you, once you get a taste of that, that next level up, you just want to go, how do we stay here? Now, now that we've sort of raised the ceiling, how do we make that the, the new base of constantly? What, how high can we can What we can go? we do, right? But that's just so amazing. It's like it, twice as a habit. And you're you're now sock buddies with multiple presidents, the the Kennedys, George George Bush. You're you're getting audiences with with Nancy Pelosi. Ten years ago, did you ever think that would be in the realm of possibility? No, but we weren't thinking that way. You know, it's. You know, I'm. I, we've already mentioned I'm an old man. I, uh, I did an exercise last night in a program I'm in, a, a two-minute, you know, tell your life story in two minutes. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to do a lot of different things. Um, I spent much of my career in the healthcare field. Um, I ran the New York City Medicaid health program at one point. Um, one of my proudest things was getting a pen. That uh, It's a formal thing because I helped author some Medicaid reform legislation. And the first Governor Cuomo, one of the things he gave me that they give out is a pen, which is the pen that he signed the bill with and the first page of the bill. And that was a really big deal. Um, but I've started other businesses. I've started a software company in the early 90s. We made baseball informational software. We got rave reviews, lost every penny we had. Um, you know, uh, my wife asked me a few months ago, she was like, well, how come you didn't do this earlier? And I'm like, well, because I didn't know how to do it earlier. You had to be the right time, the right place. And I had to get the right partner here, right? Right. That, uh, that always helps when you have the, the partner who will push and motivate and, and drive and literally be willing to, to drive to customers at, at 10.30 at night. Yeah. Well, and that's John, right? I, I'll tell you an anecdote about John and, you know, the, the love of work and things. So what was it? Now it's about two years ago, pre-pandemic. We had gone to a Special Olympic fundraiser in New York City. It was a young professional fundraiser, a really great club and all these Wall Street types. And we got home, I don't know, 2, 2.30 in the morning. And I say to John, you haven't had a day off in ages. Take tomorrow off. Sleep in. Rest up. Um, he said, okay. So I get up. I come to the office. 
At about 10.30 that morning, who comes walking in but John? He said, what are you doing? And what did you tell me? He said, I, I took an Uber to the office. I have things to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And you, you were 23 at the time. How many 23-year-olds are saying, no, I don't want a day off. I'll come oh, in and work. It's um, an hour off is enough. Well, I'm rested. I'm bored. Might, might, as well, might as well get some stuff done. What a what amazing work ethic, John. That's yeah, thank you. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, one last thing that I wanted to to touch on was the impact that hiring people with different abilities has, and specifically why it's good for business. So, I'd love to just turn it over to you to to take us home with that. And I'm I'm shocked that the, the wages could be as low as five cents an hour, which you might. That's nothing. That's literally nothing at that at that point. You, you, you'd make more money walking around the streets for for two hours looking for loose change than five cents an hour. So, so yes, it is part of our mission to show what people with differing abilities can do. But let's just talk dollars and cents. We run we, our own. We do our own fulfillment. We run our own pick and pack warehouse. So we got to hire pickers. We got to hire packers. What do we call our pickers? Sock ramblers. right? Um, we do things in four-hour shifts. It gives us more flexibility. And also, if you have a disability and you're collecting benefits, if you earn too much, you lose your benefits. So many of our employees can only work a limited number of hours. Um, we draw from three labor pools. People with differing abilities. Moms. There's some dads in there. But people who want a job where they can put their kid on the bus in the morning and pick the kid up in the afternoon. And then laborers, just people that, you know, our, st our starting salary is $15 an hour. They want a $15 an hour job. By far, the best labor pool are the people with differing abilities. They want to be here, they're enthusiastic, they care. They're always here. They don't miss, right? They work hard. They are the best labor pool we have. Um, and, you know, really, we got to be clear about this, right? John here, he's a very nice guy. I am not. We don't give a job to anybody. Everybody who works here has earned the job. Everybody, every one of our sock wranglers has passed the sock wrangler test to demonstrate they can do the job. But here are the results. Productivity is up. Retention is through the roof. Morale is high. It's a great place. You know, you can feel the energy and the joy, and it helps us recruit people. So, particularly during a holiday time, here on Long Island, there's some labor shortage. You can't find enough good workers. We know of other businesses, they're either can't fill all their orders or they're paying overtime to do it. Because we hire people with different abilities, we have no trouble getting all the employees we want. Mm -hmm. But I'll give you other examples. There's this uh, small software company in Washington State. You may have heard of them, Microsoft. Yeah, the, um, from the 80s with the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Satya Nadella, their CEO, he has a child with CP with a disability. 
And he picks his head up and he says, how come we're not hiring more people with disabilities? Particularly in the tech area, particularly many people with autism are great with technical skills. Or anybody in the field could tell you. It's because they can't get past the job interview. Somebody with autism may not look you in the eye. They may not give you that firm handshake. So what does Microsoft do? They change their hiring process. They say, it's not you, it's us. They change their hiring process. They change their onboarding process. So now they hire lots of people with autism. That gives them a competitive advantage over other tech companies which are struggling to hire people. Here's another example. Our friends at EY, right? Ernst & Young is now EY. They have 250,000 employees worldwide. And they have a 20% turnover rate, annual turnover rate. So every year they are hiring 50,000 people. So now I'm talking to the managing partner in Dublin. They set up a program with Trinity College to hire people with, on the autism spectrum, but more generally differing abilities. They make a couple of those hires they could measure the impact that had on improving their retention rate. Because it changed the whole atmosphere in the office, it changed people's motivations. So now you think about a company that has to hire 50,000 people. If they could improve their retention rate, think about the business impact that has. Well, think about reducing that by just 10% down to 45,000 people. Because right. you, you, you had a little bit of retention and space it out. So those are just some examples. It's, it's hiring people with differing abilities is not altruism. It's good business, right? And, and it's simply a matter of focusing on what people can do, not what they can't do. And, and you know, I'll, I'll offer a historical analogy. It's 1947, and the Brooklyn Dodgers, the then Brooklyn Dodgers, break the color barrier in baseball by signing Jackie Robinson. The next teams to integrate were the then New York Giants and the Cleveland Indians. Guess what? They became the best teams in baseball. The National League um, integrated before the American League. The National League became the better league. Simply because they said, we're going to hire based on talent, not extraneous reasons. And certainly not, in that case, racist reasons. It's the same thing with hiring people with different abilities. Hire for what people can do. Hire for what you need. Don't hire based on your prejudices. No, I, I love that, and I love that um, analogy so much. But it's not even an uh, analogy because it's a very direct comparison of what happened when you you open your horizons to hiring for what people can do and the the job that that you need done. And I think that's the the perfect time to to wrap it up. 
Mark and, and John, because I just I appreciate the time so much. I know that it's uh, your time is valuable. So where can people find you if people want to place an order, if they want to see what crazy socks you have coming up? John, where can people come and uh, support you? I'm at johnscrazysocks.com. At And here's here's the thing, Lucas, right? We're a social enterprise, but at the heart, we got to be a great e-commerce business. It's got to be a great website. Got to have great selection. Got to have great socks. Got to have great service. So, you know, we do same-day shipping. That order comes in today. It's going out today. And John Boy here now owns the world's largest sock store. Wow. How many, how many different socks do we have? And we have over, over 3,000 different kinds of socks. Wow. Right? Um, and here's what people got to know. Oh, you and you have extra-large socks, too. You're do. the first person who has extra large socks. Nobody has extra large socks. We, when you buy from us, you get a great pair of socks for yourself or a gift. But you're also enabling us to hire people with different abilities. You're enabling us to give back. And you're helping spread happiness. What's better than that? Nothing. Right, bud? Right, Dad. You got some advice? For Lucas's audience? Sir, uh, follow your heart, follow your dream, work hard, so you can do. Pretty good, huh? I love that. Love it. Thanks, John. Thanks, Mark. Really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Steel switched to Omnisend and immediately saw a lift in revenue. They started automating their welcome series, card abandonment series, and their post-purchase messaging. Just like Baking Steel is the perfect upgrade for your kitchen, Omnisend is the perfect upgrade for your Shopify store's marketing automation. 70,000 customers from home and kitchen brands to consumables and everything in between trust Omnisend. If you're not using a marketing automation platform that connects directly with Shopify, what are you waiting for? Don't leave revenue on the table this BFCM. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today.